0: welcome to mint a unique look into how the creators of today are building the communities of tomorrow by harnessing the power of web3 i'm your host adam levy and let's kick off this episode by giving some love to our three nft sponsors they are coinvise poop and social stack first off on coinvise you can create a personal or community-owned social token on ethereum Coinvise also helps you create incentives through token rewards and bounties, NFT business models, and bot integrations for Discord. Discover more by visiting Coinvise.co today. Next up, we have po or short for Proof of Attendance Protocol, who enables a novel way of creating one's life diary. Leveraging NFT technology, po facilitates an easy way to mint non-fungible tokens related to meaningful events, it's frequently used in crypto-native communities, and now it's starting to create NFT collectors in the mainstream too. Collect or launch your own Poap today by visiting p o a p x y z. Next up, we have Social Stack a platform for communities, brands, and creators to build mission-driven social token economies. Offering an easy-to-use, non-custodial wallet with a suite of open-source community engagement tools, Socialstack makes it simple to bring your community into Web3 and be a part of creating an open-source, gratitude-driven future for social tokens. Create a free social token wallet, discover mission-driven social token communities, or apply to launch your own token on Socialstack by visiting socialstack.co today. This episode welcomes OpenSea CEO and founder Devin Fincer. In this episode, we talk about his mental model for weighing the pros and cons of a governance token, reflecting on August 2021, NFT decentralized exchanges, nft mobile applications advice for up-and-coming nft artists the future of OpenSea what will eat web3 and so much more I hope you enjoy our conversation Devin welcome to mint how's it going man
1: not bad thanks for having me
0: of course man thanks for being on let's jump right into it okay uh you guys had one of the craziest years specifically in August okay over three billion dollars uh in total volume. Okay. That's probably what, how, how was that period for you? What was going through your head? How was your team dealing with that? Like, walk me through that. Sure. Yeah, it was a
1: really exciting time, but also very chaotic time for the team. Um, yeah, we, you know, we went through this sort of hyper growth phase as a company and, um, you know, we're really hands on all hands on deck, really proud of the team that, uh, really stepped up and, you know, filled in the gaps. We, you know, we brought on more, more members of the team. We have, you know, some really great people joining, um, We've really shored up kind of the operations and product development at OpenSea, but we we know we also have a long way to go in terms of building, you know, really great product for users. And um, it's been pretty amazing just to see how much excitement there has been around the NFT industry. And I think it's a testament to all the hard work that the whole uh, ecosystem has been been putting in over the last four years, right? Really building out the core NFT experiences that you know delight the users of today. So really fun to see.
0: Yeah. Is this, so walk, walk me through a little bit of like your, your startup background, right? Obviously OpenSea, I feel like is like that one thing that really snowballed to be this insane startup that has a lot of excitement and attention around. Uh, when you guys were going through this, this phase of, of the month before August, now we're, we went, we went through August. Now it's September we're approaching October, right? Even September is what over $2 billion right now. Uh, did you ever imagine like you'd be running a company at this scale with this much excitement? Like how did that come to fruition? Talk, talk to me about your thoughts regarding that. Sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I actually, you know, never
1: quite envisioned that, you know, as I mean, I didn't not envision it as something that could happen, but it was more just, you know, starting with uh, following our curiosity, right? Oh, looks like you're gone. Oh, you're back now.
0: Um, <laughs> can you hear me? I'm in the, in the, and bring it, so just start, start to answer the question from the beginning and I'll cut it out. I just okay. do it for production purposes.
1: Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. We'll yeah. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, sorry. So, um, yeah, great question. I think, you know, I did not kind of envision this exact, uh, outcome for OpenSea, but also just, you know, didn't really have specific expectations when we started, it was more kind of following our curiosity and just, you know, doing things that we were excited about, uh, and and building in a space that we thought you know was early but had really uh, incredible long term potential, and just you know the excitement and enthusiasm around NFTs was just so remarkable that um, you know we just kind of had to keep on building. But it is definitely a, a bit surreal to kind of be in a position where we're um, you know we're able to drive so much uh, volume um, and have um, you know such. You know, a, a a a big impact on on people. But yeah. I do think, at the same time, we're despite these sort of crazy growth numbers, we're still at day zero for the NFC space. It's really just kind of the wild west days of you know comparable to the early internet. So um, it's really you know it it's really exciting to be in this position, but we have a long way to go.
0: For sure. So as as the craziness kind of like spun out, what are some of the more exciting use cases you, you've seen come to fruition around NFTs and whether it be like profile pictures or individual drops? It could be anything.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think gaming is really exciting as a as a use case, right? It's been in the works for a really long time. There's a lot of really cool projects, Axie Infinity, Zed Run, these sorts of things, virtual worlds. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to see what comes uh, comes out of gaming in the next while. The other areas uh, that people have been talking about for a while are like music, event tickets, um, you know even physical items uh, you know represented as nFTs and traded around but then redeemed for the actual physical item. Um, those sorts of use cases I think are really cool and really interesting. So um, I would actually you know for people who are kind of looking to build new projects in the space I would look to kind of some of the early experiments of late 2017 early 2018 where people try things out but the market maybe wasn't ready for them. I think we'll see a lot of those experiments come back and um, really, you know, start to resonate with people as, as there's a little more, uh, mindshare. Yeah.
0: yeah. During that, that crazy period for you guys on average, like how much sleep did you get a night? Were you, were you always online? Were you buying stuff yourself? Were you just trying to, you know, burn fires at any arose? Like what was that? What was that time like for you personally?
1: Well, I wasn't, I mean, yeah, I wasn't making a lot of purchases myself just because I, I do tend to focus on kind of just the company building side of things. Um, I find that I'm not able to like multitask uh, super effectively, but um, I, you know, I mean, definitely, you know, there were some nights where it was a lot less sleep, but I do, I mean, yeah, I think also sleep really important to be able to function effectively and make good decisions. So, um, you know, it, it was certainly like, it's certainly been an extremely busy time for, for the whole team, um, but we do try to, you know, make sure that we're, you know, lifting our heads up and not, uh, you know, and, and not being sort of silly about yeah, you know, getting that right, healthy balance.
0: Yeah, what What would you say was, like, one of the most challenging parts in the business when you guys encountered that growth wave? Um, anything that, like, you expected would happen to happen? Anything that happened that you didn't expect? Like, what was that like?
1: good question i think um well i think what was sort of expected was everything just started breaking but i think we didn't expect it to happen so fast right and i do think that our trajectory is like pretty unique relative to other companies i ever you know when companies undergo this hypergrowth, growth it is always pretty crazy but um ours was particularly unique um sort of in, in, in just sort of the amount of you know uh, transaction volume that was happening on the marketplace. Um, so things definitely started breaking, um, in terms of surprising things. Um, yeah, I guess it was surprising or, I mean, pleasantly surprising, just like that the culture was able to kind of hold up pretty well, right? Like we, I think we made some great hires early on and we, and we like continue to kind of have a high bar for uh, culture ad when we think about new employees. Um, and so I think everyone on the team is really, you know there for the right reasons and really strong and um and you know works well together so it's been surprising i guess that things haven't broken down more on the cultural side but i will say that it has not been surprising that things have you know become kind of chaotic yeah. on the operations
0: and- yeah yeah one of the most exciting things for me kind of seeing this entire nft wave and i'd love to get your point of view on this is we had that DeFi summer of august 2020 where we had like a lot of financial buzz a lot of uh, a lot of uh like all these dexes, all these yield farming liquidity pools a lot of like the non-sexy side of crypto and then nfts come into the picture and you have a lot of the creativity coming in you have artists coming in musicians coming in one thing that I love that's happening for crypto it's becoming more mainstream right and I think it was important that nfts had their moment of fame to bring in all these creative minds to make to make crypto more interesting essentially right Uh, From the feedback that kind of, as you guys were building OpenSea, right, and you guys went through these last three months, and I emphasize these three months because it was a milestone for NFTs in general, what were some of like the biggest feedbacks you got for newcomers uh, coming into the space, right? Like artists that jumped in, creators that jumped in, musicians that jumped in, that issued stuff on OpenSea, uh, from from a talent point of view, from a, a market point of view, what was some of the feedback that you got from these individuals,
1: yeah. Well, I think the feedback is still, you know, just talking to people who are trying to use these sorts of products for the first time is that it's very challenging, right? I think it's a brand new space where you have to kind of understand all these things. Still, you know, still a lot of technical overhead and and like, you know, you have to kind of learn about everything before you can even really try it. Um, so I think that's an area where, you know, the whole space, and especially ourselves has to improve. Um, but, you know, on the flip side, it's, it's also impressive that people are just kind of willing to, you know, get their hands dirty and, and try these things out and go through those hoops, so sort of a double ed or you know, two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like feedback, you know, people there's lots of things that people want uh, to improve the platform better discovery, better onboarding, uh, you know, better curation, all these things. And, yeah, you know, we have a long list of feedback that we want to um, you know, <laughs> integrate it into our roadmap. Um, but uh, overall, I think, yeah, the high levels is just. It's exciting to see people like really dig in and kind of experience Web3 in a real way. I think there was Mm -hmm. a lot of conversation around like how do we make Web3 like kind of, you know, seem opaque to users, right? So that people don't have to worry about blockchain. Well, the reality is like I think people are kind of like still worrying about like, you know, still figuring it out and just how strong of a, um, you know, pull there is for, for all this stuff.
0: Yeah. You know, what does a marketplace uh, like OpenSea evolve into as the space matures? Is it more the social side? Is it more the DeFi side? Is it more the wallet side or just really dialing on the NFT marketplace side?
1: Yeah, I would say, you know, we are remain really focused on just building the best possible NFT marketplace, right? We want to sort of be the one stop shop to buy, sell, discover new NFT projects. Um, and, you know, for now, that's like a, a pretty big undertaking that has a lot of challenges surrounding yeah. it. So, yeah, we're, you know, the, it's pretty simple, but we're really investing in our core and just ensuring that we can like serve projects, developers, um, you know, and, and users as, as effectively as we can.
0: Sure. How do you feel so, about all these new, uh, I guess, NFT decentralized exchanges slowly coming to market? While there aren't really like main ones yet, right? But there's a lot of talk across crypto Twitter. Do you think it can be done efficiently in a decentralized way?
1: Well, it depends what your definition of decentralized. I mean, we're a decentralized marketplace in the sense that we facilitate transactions through a set of
0: smart contracts. So, um,
1: um, yeah, it depends on kind of what you mean by that. Um, but, uh, you know, I would say there, I think the critique of OpenSea is that there are these centralized components to it, you know, which, which items show up in the feed, which items are promoted, which items are verified and those sorts of things. I think, you know, there are definitely interesting solutions where you Sort of try to decentralize more and more, um, but uh, I think you also have to balance that with being practical. Uh, mm-hmm. Around like, you know, some things do make sense to sort of have managed by you know one single entity or yeah. company. So we try to take a practical approach. You know, we obviously want to be contributors to the ecosystem. We want to embrace these ideals of of decentralization, but then we also want to build a great product that people will
0: yeah. Give me, give me an example of some of these critiques, right? I know you talked about curation as being one of them. What are some other critiques that could be, I guess, fixed through decentralization or that should be decent or, excuse me, should be centralized to begin with. What are some things that come to mind?
1: You know, I think, you know, for example, like, you know, we, we do the best we can to kind of ensure that there's strong trust and safety on the platform. So, you know, that the item that you see is actually the, the item that you want to purchase, not, a knockoff um, and so we have a lot of measures in place to like you know sort of have warnings if the collection hasn't been reviewed um, you know indicate that this is a collection with low volume to kind of you know demonstrate help give buyers more education about about nfts or uh, about what nfts are buying so i actually think you know building out a core competency around trust and safety is something that a an entity like ourselves mm-hmm. can really add a lot of value in um, there's certainly approaches where you try to kind of decentralize that. But um, uh, for now, we're sort of starting with kind of the, the lowest hanging fruit. Um, so that's that's probably a you know, good example of
0: it. Yeah. Yeah. I want to pick your brain more uh, on the keyword that you brought up, Web3, right? And sure. I guess nobody really imagined like NFTs being a cornerstone and onboarding a lot of normies into crypto. What is What do you imagine Web3 looking like as the next billion users usher in?
1: Yeah. Um, I think there's going to be lots of different applications and, you know, some of them you can kind of predict today, but then some of them possible to predict, honestly. Um, I mean, NFTs are one of those applications, right. Where you have these unique digital items that you can kind of move, which move between different applications, right. You can connect your MetaMask to one site, right. Or OpenSea and, you know, buy and sell. And then you can connect your MetaMask to, um, the central end and, you know, use your NFTs inside of that virtual world. So sort of this identity layer, and I'm not sure like, know if it'll be uh, a specific company or a specific uh, project that sort of you know manages identity but i think it'll sort of emerge from like your wallet and like the things that are inside your wallet so that's a really interesting like thing is to have this identity that's not tethered to any specific application provider but rather just sort of tethered to this third-party blockchain platform Um, so that's um that's that's kind of how i see it as like it's sort of a new form of online identity that uh, really works across many different
0: yeah. You think like as web three kind of matures and evolves, do you think it's going to be more of like the composable point of view where protocols are being building on top of each other and there's like an application layer that integrates all these protocols? Do you think it's going to be more of the Google approach where they can speed up production and software development by centralizing a lot of core components of, of their services? Like how do you kind of imagine that evolving over time?
1: Uh, sorry, would you mind repeating that a little bit like the last part?
0: Yeah, so do you imagine the future of Web3 being more, being more composable, right? Basically, there's like, let's say, social application layers that use uh, different crypto protocols, NFT protocols, DeFi protocols to build on top of, or do you imagine it being more in-house, like a centralized entity, kind of building trusted tools and services for crypto users? So do you imagine it being more like spread out as, as a decentralized oh, point of view, or is it in, yeah, the, in between? Out, like, what do you think? Out, yeah. yeah, well, yeah,
1: it's a good question. I think like... Uh... Yeah. I think there's like services that will provide certain things, right? Like, so we provide a marketplace and then we you can kind of bundle it with other things, right? You can bundle it with, you know, maybe the ability to like display your items in certain ways, like connect social profile or or something like that. But like, uh, ultimately I think lots of applications are going to kind of, it's going to be messy. I think probably in the short run, um, where like, there's lots of different, um, apps that have like, you know, some will allow you to connect your social media profiles to them. And like, I don't see it. Like, I'm not sure that there'll be like one kind of, Um, identity service that emerges maybe it'll sort of emerge from one of the platforms it's hard to say uh, but it's a good question to kind of think about it I don't know if I have a great answer
0: you said you don't know if there's some identity uh, layer that emerges it cut out after that
1: Oh, I was just saying, like, uh, I think some of the you know most successful companies might end up building some like identity features on top. Of it.
0: Got you. Got you. Speaking of applications, you guys just came out with your mobile app right in the yeah. app store, got a lot of attention on crypto. Twitter. Congratulations. Okay. Uh, it looks beautiful. Yep. I use it. I look at to, uh, to see the explore tab and all the cool features that you guys rolled out. Um, yep. What do you imagine like the future, I guess, of mobile applications looking like specifically in crypto? We can take it from like an NFT point of view. Um, and then, I guess, from a broad point of view.
1: Yeah, oh, that's a great question. Yeah, I mean, I think um, you know what's cool is that the infrastructure around mobile for crypto has evolved quite a lot, right? Like when you You've you rewind to twenty seventeen, like you couldn't even use anything on mobile. Like it there sucked. Was a wallet- it yeah. sucked. Yeah, <laughs> it, it didn't exist. Like there was a wallet called Toshi, right, which was Coinbase's first iteration of Coinbase wallet, and that was the only place you could like use. And I think. You barely even like do anything on it, right? It was just so basic. And now you have like so many different wallets. You have MetaMask mobile, obviously, and have rainbow Wallet, which is sort of more geared around NFTs. And these, and the interoperability is starting to emerge too. For, for example, like, you know, with the OpenSea app, which is still really in its infancy, you can go and you can connect to your MetaMask and it kind of deep links in and you come back. It's not, you know, it's not necessarily the smoothest thing, but like it is, it does, you know, you can actually have a mobile experience, which is awesome. Um, so I think yeah. like, it's hard to say exactly how it plays out. I mean, there's a world where a lot of stuff still happens on, like, mobile web or through yeah. browser. Um, yeah. But I do think OpenSea app is kind of a cool example of us going native, uh, and but, but still being able, you know, you can still bring your own wallet, which I think is actually, right now, really important for users to be able to connect their, you know, their their metamask or their existing stuff without having to kind of, you know, have an OpenSea-specific wallet or right?
0: Right, right. How do you feel about uh, the whole, I guess, Apple monopoly, and more specifically, when it comes to in-app transactions? How, how do you guys like think about that at OpenSea? Because it's a, it's not just an OpenSea problem; it's an entire like industry problem, right? With with more and more transactions, obviously being on chain using Ethereum, crypto, whatever it may be, and Apple sticking to traditional Web two type of, uh, of payments, right? How do you guys plan to overcome that? How are you guys thinking about that? Walk me through that.
1: Yeah, well, I think it's exciting because you know there's a recent news that you know is driving Apple to be a little more lenient on you know what kind of payment uh, applications are allowed to to use, and I do think that the thirty uh, percent, I mean, it's just been so problematic having these like gatekeepers for uh, mobile payments, and I, I think that yeah. that really does need to change. And finally, you know, they're getting some pushback on it, um, and so I I think you know it's hard to say the, the exact timeline around these things, but I, I think eventually there will be other ways of you know purchasing. Um, digital items that don't go through these kind of more centralized uh gatekeepers um and uh that's that's really ultimately very very important um so excited to see kind of that that space move forward
0: yeah you know uh speaking of gatekeepers right obviously a a lot of like the ethos of crypto a lot of the ethos of decentralization is removing those gatekeepers pushing down the boundaries making users owners of the protocol and the products that they use and consume And the next thing I kind of want to talk to you about is you've been building OpenSea for four years now. Okay, you've seen a lot of successful token launches, a lot of failed token launches. Uh, And I would think that you guys explored this this idea of what does a fully decentralized marketplace look and feel like. I wanted to pick your brain for a minute. What what do you kind of think about the pros and cons of shifting towards a token room specifically for an NFT marketplace?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, So I think, um, you know, I I guess what I'd say is, uh, I think we're still in like kind of the early days of understanding how like token models work more generally, right? Like if you ask me to kind of point to the most successful tokenomics, token models today, like point to Bitcoin, Ethereum and other layer ones, right? I think that makes total sense to have like a token baked into the, the layer one protocol. But if you look beyond that, right, if you look at like sort of DeFi, if you look at like other projects, you know, obviously, you know, ICO wave, if you look and you try to point to like kind of one that has really nailed it, um, I, I think it's hard to, to really, you know, to, to use an example. You can point to app, um, uh, protocol tokens that are tokens that have really high market caps, but like one that has nailed the sort of incentive structure and like it actually working from like an adoption perspective, I don't think you can you can really say that there's one that, that stands out, um, and it's just because we're such early days. And so I do think um, you know if you're a company, right, you kind of have to decide where are you going to innovate? Are you going to innovate on the product and the core user experience, or are you going to try to innovate on this on something that I do think is sort of like uncharted waters? Um, and uh, that's the decision, right? Uh, you, you can um, you can certainly sort of dive down the path of of uncharted waters, but um, you may find that you sort of get into, uh, areas that, you know, maybe you didn't expect to be in here. Yeah. If, you're, if you're thinking long um, you know, it can be great to have, you know, these short term, um, growth hacks around, you know, distributing tokens or right. you know, maybe you're, you're full of competitors and, you know, you do it for that reason. But then, yeah, you know, I do think if you look at these DeFi projects, they're in a you know, sticky situation um, when it comes to like how to actually, you know, build the protocol, how to get the right governance. And, um, and I think uh, there's a lot of merit to focusing on on product and um, and product market fit, right?
0: I agree with you. I think there's there's many different types of models, and there's not one yet that kind of proves to be the one, right? A lot of people they go and start centralized, they build a product, they build, they find the product market fit, they build a network effect, right? And then they issue the token. Rather, than others, you know, they stuff decentralized, right? to stuff decentralized off the bat. Forming out, issuing a token, and building decentralized. Right. My next question to you is: There's a lot of commentary online of of like super users of OpenSea, fans of OpenSea, people who buy and sell, whatever category they are as 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 a user, right? Want to see OpenSea launch a token? They want to see the open source open sourcing of smart contracts. What is your response to that? Like, how do you feel about the community kind of ushering ushering in their voices and 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 their opinions and kind of like trying to push more towards a traditional decentralization well like smart con i think they're uh,
1: some of the criticism is like specifically like a, a specific contract that has not yet been open source but but like our you know our courts our core marketplace is open source fully like so, yeah so i think there's maybe some kind of like miss misinterpretation or just confusion right. because it's right new space um so yeah i mean like we you know we if you look at OpenSea, the way that we operate is we're a peer-to-peer, decentralized marketplace for for digital uh, items, right? And, and uh, we the facilitation of the of the of the buying and selling is all done through a single smart contract uh, that is open source, right? Uh, so you know whether or not we have a, a token is is you know a, a sort of governance decision, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, I I think it you know it comes down to that math equation that we we did before. Um, But I will say, you know, I I say I think that OpenSea can do a lot better when it comes to really uh, fostering the ecosystem and fostering the community. Um, And and a lot of the ways that we've been behind there are really just resourcing. We're a small team. You know, number one priority is keep the website running and keep things operating effectively and and investing in in sort of uh, areas where we can be more. uh, do more outreach and do more ecosystem work. Um, but it, it, it has taken us a little time to kind of catch up because of this kind of crazy right. growth. But yeah. we're, we're, yeah, we, we know that we can do better there and uh, we, we definitely want to.
0: No, dude, I applaud you. I applaud your team. You guys are doing something really, really good for the space. Uh, there's obviously a ton of product market fit off the, off, off the get go. Uh, and you see the amount of emotion, the amount of identity, the amount of culture that's being built around that in, kind of open seas at the core of all of that. Right. I want to, I want to kind of pivot and, and end off with this, with this final question here. Okay. Um, I'm a big fan of watching the growth of the internet, right. Uh, specifically learning about the history of web one and how that transitioned to web two, uh, and how web two, ate web one, and now web three is supposed to, supposedly going to eat web two. What do you think is going to eat web three?
1: <laughs> Man, I have no idea. I mean, web three is a really like web three basically doesn't I mean, it exists. <laughs> infantile. Um, gosh. Oh man. What would you Web three? I...
0: Well, let's let's take it. let's take this from the point of like super extreme, right? Like the whole concept of Web three is like ownership, right? Things. Sure. Uh, all data is like public on chain, right? So I guess like a follow up question is like, what happens when all data is on chain? What's like the the downside of that?
1: Uh, okay.
0: Hmm. Um. Well, I, yeah,
1: I don't know if I necessarily agree with the exact. Same like description of Web I 3. I mean, okay. I think like, um, well, oh, so maybe it's accurate. Like, yeah, but I, I guess uh, it's not that all data. I think you said that all data would be public. I don't think that's actually the case. I think there's going to be on chain, I meant. Yeah, yeah, there's going to yeah. be
0: privacy, yeah. but all like yeah. technically on a blockchain, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. sort
1: of like yeah. these. Ideas. Yeah. Um, what happens after that? Uh, I mean, maybe we sort of just the humanity turns into like this giant hive mind where we're like all like coordinating, you know, across the (laughs) blockchain. sort of become the board or something. I I don't know. Uh, Like AI, maybe actually here's a, here's a, here's a, here's a good one. Like, I think imagine like an autonomous agent, like running on this thing, right. Where like, it's sort of plugged into all the humans and like, you know, it sort of emerges as this kind of like smart, uh, intelligent being and and like sort of takes on a mind of its own and then i don't know humanity gets replaced or something i don't know something something of that yeah i think that's like kind of possible right because if you think about these things they're unstoppable right they're unstoppable programs and so what happens when you create an unstoppable program that had to tap into everything yeah um, right. it has intelligence associated with it i, I think that's pretty interesting to think about i'm not saying that's going to happen anytime soon but um, would you like to see that
0: happening i don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah, this is great. Okay. I'll, I'll leave you with this final question. Okay. For all yeah, the yeah. new, all the new creators, all the new artists, all the yeah. new graphic designers wanting to enter yeah. the NFT space, make a career, give them some words of wisdom. Like what, what can you recommend them kind of starting off in the space?
1: Yeah, I think just sink your teeth in and like try everything out Right, like go join all the discords, go follow all the Twitter accounts, go use all the applications. If you're not doing that, like it's really hard to just get involved. Um, so you know, and then just be, I mean, if you're up for it, like be kind of public and like interact with people, make friends. And, and I think, it, I think it underrated, especially now that things are opening up again, an underrated um, opportunity is to go to like meetups and, and things and just like meet people, get all the information you can from them and then and make friends with them and then like learn from there. Uh, I did that in 2017 when I was first learning about crypto and it was really helpful. So
0: that's nice. kind of my recommendation. Amazing. That's a perfect place to end off. Uh, Devin, really quick, where can we find you on Twitter? Where can people follow uh, you? Defensor is my Twitter
1: handle and then OpenSea is the company
0: handle. Amazing, man. Thank you so much. And I, I hope to Thanks. to have you on again when OpenSea is doing 10 billion per month. All right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Let's do it, man. All right. See you.